Hello there, everyone. My name's Andrew. And I'm Cassie. And this is the Culips English Podcast. Hello there, friends. Welcome back to Culips. This is a Chatterbox episode. And if you don't know what that is, Chatterbox is the series featuring completely natural English conversations that you can eavesdrop into. And we hope that by listening to this series, you'll be able to upgrade your English listening skills and become a fluent user of English. Before we get started today, I would like to let you know that there is a study guide available for this episode for all QLoops members. We'd recommend that you follow along with the study guide while you listen to us today. So, to become a QLoops member and to get the study guide, you just need to visit our website, qlips.com, C U L I P S.com. And I'm not alone today. I am joined by my co host, Cassie. Cassie, hello. Hello. How are you doing today? Amazing today. The sun is shining and I'm in a great mood. Perfect. Cassie, what are we talking about today? Today, we are talking about the pros and cons of different kinds of listening material, specifically through movies, TV shows, and YouTube. That's right. So, I think our listeners already know this, but of course, Thanks to the internet, there are so many different ways to study English these days. There are tons and tons of different kinds of content that can be used to improve English listening skills. And Cassie, what we're going to do in this episode is just go through each different kind of listening material and evaluate it and talk about some of the pros. And cons about studying with these sources. And we'll also share our experience with our audience from our own language learning experience. So, Cassie, you and I both study Korean, and I think we have some experience、uh, studying with these types of materials that we can share with our listeners. Yeah, most definitely. So, without any further ado, why don't we get started? And the first source that we're going to evaluate is movies. Movies. So, studying English with movies. And Cassie, what are some of the pros, some of the benefits about studying English or learning English with movies? Well, I guess the biggest pro would be that movies are really interesting and exciting, right? Maybe you can't see the language. Being used in real life if you live in a country that doesn't speak English, but through the screen, you can see actors like interacting with each other in a scripted everyday situation using English. Right. So it gives you a kind of immersive environment where、mm-hmm. all of the people on the screen are speaking English and talking in English. And I would like to add that another benefit is that there is such a wide variety of content, right? You can watch movies from all different sorts of genres, like action, romance, horror, spy movies and thrillers. 
whatever genre you're interested in, you can find just a long list of movies. And actually, this is funny, Cassie. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I think about this. There are so many movies made that you could never watch them all in one lifetime. Isn't that sort of funny to think about? Like a movie is such an expensive thing to make and so many people are involved in making them. And we've really only been making movies for like, what, around 100 years as mm -hmm. a society. But there are still so many titles that you could probably watch a movie every day until you die and not run out of content to watch. That is pretty crazy. It's mind boggling. It's like we discovered how to make movies and then just got really busy and made so many movies that now you can't even watch all of them. That's true. I think movies, the reason they're so fantastic in general and language learning is it's kind of like bringing books or dreams or comics to life and experiencing them in like visual and auditory ways, not just through text. Totally. And actually, that's a great point because we talked about movies being an immersive environment, right? And that's so important for language learning. When you can make a visual connection between a word's meaning and then how it's used in a real life situation, that is so helpful. So if you're just reading a book and learning vocabulary through books, then it's hard to get that context, right? But if you're watching a movie, you can hear the word being said, and you can see the action on the screen, and you can make that connection. So for example, let's say you're watching a movie, and in the movie, there is a teenager who is fighting with her parents. And after the fight, the teenager is upset and sad, and you hear one of the parents say, why are you sulking around? When you hear that word sulking around and you see the expression and the actions of the teenager with that sulking face, then you can make that connection and understand that this emotion of sulking is something that we do when we're upset and when we're sad. It's kind of a combination of these two emotions, right? If you read that in a book, I think it might be harder to get that visualization and make that connection between the motion, the action of sulking and the meaning of the word. So I think this is one of the strengths of movies. Totally. Also, you can hear the way the English sounds in perfect intonation. Like when you see that scene, you know, oh, that's how I'm supposed to sound. That's how I'm supposed to react when using this phrase in English. Yes, absolutely. Now, why don't we talk about some of the disadvantages to studying with movies? <laughs> because I think there definitely are some. They're not the perfect study material. And for me personally, when I study foreign languages, I don't like movies for a couple of reasons. The first reason is that they're too long and I have a short attention span. So, you know, sitting down and watching something for two hours can be pretty difficult for me, to tell you the truth. Yeah, I think also we've talked about this on the Culips podcast before, that repetitive listening of short English dialogues is really helpful. But 
listening once or twice to a long dialogue is not nearly as helpful like in movies. Right. And I know that when, you know, for example, I study with a podcast or a YouTube video or something, I'm really likely to watch it multiple times or listen to it multiple times. But it's hard to do that with a movie. After I watch a movie once or twice, then I really don't feel like going back and watching it again. So I think, Cassie, you're right. It's hard to binge study Mm -hmm. and repeat listening to a movie over and over and over again just because it's so long. Yeah, I think another disadvantage is that it was an advantage that you can watch something in a genre that you like, but it's also a disadvantage in the sense that there's a lot of jargon, a lot of specific vocabulary in that movie that you might not need. For example, if you're watching a medical show or a like doctor drama, you might have a lot of medical terms that you're never going to use in your real life. Right. Or if you like spy movies and they're talking about nuclear reactors <laughs> and radar defense and all of these really specific terms that we really never use in our everyday lives. I mean, you could be wasting your time learning vocabulary that's not really too important, mm -hmm. right? Yep. I think just to make one final point here before we move on to the next source of listening material, a problem that I have with movies is the ratio of English speaking to total length of the movie. Mm. Because intrinsically, filmmaking is a visual way to tell stories, right? So this means that there are long scenes in almost every movie where there is no dialogue and you're just seeing what the characters are doing or seeing the scenery. There is nobody describing it to you. And so you might sit down and watch a two hour long movie, but when you really think about it, within that two hours, maybe you're only hearing English being spoken for 40 minutes or 45 minutes. So if your goal is to watch English movies to learn English with, then you have to ask yourself, is this a really good use of my time? Is spending two hours watching a movie beneficial if I'm only getting 45 minutes of English exposure during those two hours? Of course, it varies from genre to genre, right? You can find some movies that are almost completely full of English-speaking dialogue. But if you're watching action movies or Marvel movies, superhero movies, <laughs> there's going to be huge parts of the movie that are completely void and empty of dialogue. Yeah, not only that, the visuals are going to be distracting you from the language learning you might trying to be doing. <laughs> That's true. Now, one way that you could avoid this trap is not to watch movies, but instead to watch TV shows. And Cassie, why don't we talk about TV shows here for a moment? What are some of the other benefits of studying English with TV shows? I think especially like contemporary comedy TV shows like sitcoms, mm -hmm. oftentimes they're really helpful because they're chock full of dialogue. 
everyday life dialogue that you could hear amongst your friends in the street. And also the episodes are usually about 20 or 25 minutes. So it's not too long. Right. That is one of the things that I like most about TV shows is that they're short. Of course, if you're watching dramas or really serious TV shows, sometimes these can be quite long, like Game of Thrones, for example. I think some of those episodes were pushing 90 minutes almost. <laughs> it's like a movie. So that's almost like a mini movie. Yeah. <laughs> but if you're watching sitcoms or lighter TV, many of the episodes are only around 25 minutes. So you can either watch it three or four times in a row, or you could watch three or four episodes. And really, if you compare that time to watching a movie, you're going to get a lot more English exposure through the TV. Mm-hmm. Cassie, that was a great point about the language that you'll be exposed to as well. All of the expressions that are in sitcoms are very colloquial. They're everyday English expressions. It's a great way to learn natural English. However, there's a caveat, Cassie. I have a caveat. Mm-hmm. What is that? <laughs> and that is we have to keep in mind that they are scripted, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So. You're hearing really funny jokes and witty turns of phrases that a team of writers have sat down to create. So although you hear some everyday expressions, you're hearing some of the best examples of these expressions. And it might not really match up to the way that people speak in their everyday lives because not everybody has a team of writers in their heads I wish. (laughs) I wish I had that too. And because it's scripted as well, you lose a lot of the naturalness of English conversation, right? You never hear characters interrupting each other. You never hear characters saying um or ah or stopping their sentence mid-sentence and restarting their sentence or making grammar mistakes. And these are all things that English speakers do every day. I'm well aware of it because I also do them every day. (laughs) So uh, this is one thing just to keep in mind that although I think sitcoms especially are great study materials, they don't mirror the real world exactly. Yes, I think you can say that not just for language, but also for mm, mannerisms and extracurricular activities. Like TV shows are meant to be to mirror real life, but make it look even better or more interesting. So take the dialogue with a grain of salt, but also take the pop culture and excitement of English-speaking countries with a grain of salt as well. Right. I think many people think that America is a certain way because they've seen it represented on TV that way. Mm -hmm. But often, I think we talked about this recently, Cassie, We were talking about the USA and you said, well, America's a big country, right? Yep. And when you watch TV shows, they're almost always set in New York City or in Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. And those are just two parts of the USA. The USA is a huge country and it has many different regional cultures and traditions and ways of speaking and people that are living in those areas that are not represented on TV. Mm, Totally. So that's another great point that what you see is not always what you get. Mm -hmm. Now, 
why don't we talk about the next genre of listening content available? And that is one of my favorite websites, YouTube. <laughs> Let's talk about YouTube. I think it's a favorite of everyone almost. <laughs> a favorite and a great way to burn away an evening by <laughs> binge watching YouTube. <laughs> Going down the YouTube rabbit hole. Yes. 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 So when I think of YouTube, some of the pros that immediately jump out to me are that you can watch short videos, right? It's super easy to find lots of interesting videos that are shorter than 10 minutes. And you can find videos on literally anything that interests you. So, you know, if you're watching TV, you're at the mercy of the broadcasters and what they decide to show you. But with YouTube, you can search for whatever you want and find really niche content. Mm. If you're interested in well, literally anything, you can find it. I was watching videos about trampolining last night for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're interested in trampolining, you can find people on YouTube talking about that subject. Everything under the sun is on YouTube. Yeah, I think another really amazing part about YouTube is that it's interactive. Mm. So not only can you find content tailored almost exactly to what you want, but you can also leave comments. You can maybe even message the creator and make a recommendation for a future video. You can look at other viewers' comments and see how they interpreted the video. It's really fantastic. That's a great point. It is interactive in a very unique way, isn't it? Another thing that I love about YouTube is the player itself, because you can do things like loop the video by just right-clicking on the YouTube player. Mm -hmm. So often I'll do that when I'm cooking, I'll put on a short YouTube video and loop it so that I listen to it four or five times while I'm cooking my dinner, for example. You can also adjust the speed. So if something is too slow or too fast, you can speed it up or slow it down. I actually listen to most English content at two times speed because, well, I speak English pretty well, so I can understand it when it goes quite quickly like that. And I can save some time. Sounds like a chipmunk then though, right? <laughs> it does sound like a chipmunk, but weirdly enough, your brain adjusts fairly quickly. Mm -hmm. And then when you watch something at normal speed, it sounds slow. It's really strange. The fast starts to sound normal and the normal starts to sound slow. Very cool. However, there are some cons to studying with YouTube as well that I think our listeners should know about. The first being that YouTube videos are edited like crazy, especially vlogs. You can tell when a, a vlog has been edited often because there are many, many jump cuts. Mm, yes. What this does when YouTube creators edit their videos this way, it makes for unnatural sentence intonation because what they've done is just recorded themselves speaking in front of the camera. And then when they're editing, they take out all of those little conversational faults that we talked about before. So hedging, 
uh, ums, or when they misspeak, or they say something awkward. Or maybe what they do is record four or five lines four or five times in a row, and then they put all of those recordings together to make one sentence. And the result is some unnatural sounding English. Perhaps the intonation patterns are incorrect, or the syntax is strange. I mean, it's still understandable, but it's different than natural English that just comes out of our mouths.、Mm -hmm. So I think that's one thing that you have to keep in mind is that these videos, especially vlogs and, and daily lifestyle type videos, are really heavily edited. Yeah, I think to add on top of that, too, it's getting better as time goes by, but still, a lot of videos could have really fast English or really colloquial English, but there's no subtitles to go along with it. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a really good point. I mean, a lot of people do make subtitles for their videos, but There are still a lot of creators that don't do this, right? And I think they are just assuming that the people watching their channels are native English speakers, so they don't bother to make the subtitles. And <laughs> YouTube does offer an automatic subtitling service, but it's not quite there. So it's really good about maybe 80 to 90% of the time. But when it fails, it fails big time and it just spits out nonsense. So I think this can be really frustrating when you, know, you want to understand what the speaker is saying and you turn on the automatic subtitle and it just spits out something that's completely wrong. I mean, this is not helpful at all, is it? Nope. And it makes you like frustrated for the learning itself. You're like, well, if this doesn't work, I'm just going to quit for today or something like that. Yeah, absolutely. I think that brings us to the end of today's episode. Thanks everyone for listening. Just to recap what we covered here today, we evaluated the pros and cons of different kinds of listening material. Specifically, we focused on movies, TV shows, and YouTube. And I think all of them are great ways to study English. They're really fun and interesting ways to. Improve your English listening skills and your English vocabulary, but they're not perfect, and there are some cons that you should keep in mind as well. If you enjoy studying with Culips, please support us. You can do that by signing up and becoming a Culips member. You could also follow us on social media. We're on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. Or you could tell your friends about Culips. And also, if you have any questions or comments, then don't be afraid to message us at contact at culips.com. C U L I P S.com. That is right. Thanks for listening, everyone. We'll be back soon with another brand new episode, and we'll talk to you then. Goodbye. See you later.